Hey church, it's an honor to introduce our next speaker. Philip Borden showed up on our doorstep at our church uh, as a volunteer in the band over 10 years ago while he was a college student. And we saw him rise to the ranks. We eventually offered him a role and uh, he did a little part-time role while he was finishing up school. Then he came on full-time. I mean, he just became such a game changer in the leadership of our church. He's risen all the way through the ranks of our leadership to our directional leadership team. And now he's over all of our worship, all of our creative. But while all that's been going on, there's been another track going on in his life as well. He had health issues he just couldn't figure out. He couldn't figure out what's going on, but he knew that he wasn't functioning like other people and they couldn't put their finger on it. And years ago, he came to me and he said, Pastor, we finally figured out what's going on. We got some tests run. And that he told me, he said, Pastor, I have limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And with tears in his eyes, he said, Pastor, I don't know how long I've got, but everything I've got, I'm giving to this church and to God. That's the heart of this man. And I've watched him faithfully serve God for years now while fighting a personal battle. He gives his best to God every day at this church. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to you Pastor Philip Wood. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, welcome to Church Unlimited. I want to thank you for all of our locations watching today. So can we give it up for those watching? Give it up for our Church Online campus. Also, our God Behind Bars. We love you guys. Hey, before we get started, can we say our mission as a church? What are we here to do? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. You know, we're blessed to be in a part of an amazing church. This isn't just a building. This isn't just a group of people. It is a movement of God. And I think we should honor our lead pastors, Pastor Bill and Miss Jessica Cornelius. We are blessed to serve underneath them. Blessed to serve them. And we just want to, again, just thank you for joining us and welcome, welcome, welcome to Church Unlimited today. My name is Philip Borden, like Pastor Bill said, and I've had the privilege of, of being on the team here at Church Unlimited for 10 years and being on staff for nine of those years. And then also have the immense joy of being husband to my wife, Amy, uh, for eight years and being father to Ethan James and Adeline Faith. You know, yeah, you can clap. I mean, they're cute. They're cute, but don't let that picture fool you. There's like a, a ratio of one to 100 for every 100 bad, crazy pictures, you get one good one. And then I always say they're equal parts, cute and crazy. It's like, uh, they're like a natural disaster. Uh, everywhere that they go, there is a path of destruction, uh, but they are incredible. And I know you all might be asking the same thing. You're like, man, how fast does this bad boy go? Well, this wheelchair right here goes 4.5 miles per hour. I got four gears. So if you're in a race, but your top speed is equal to a light jog or a brisk walk, then we can line up, we can go, we're good. And yes, this is the factory rims. I didn't have the spinner package. I couldn't purchase that for the rims, but we're good. Well, it's an honor to be here and an, and an honor to share my story. And as Pastor Bill said, I am struggling with a disability, a disease that I deal with on a daily basis that calls, causes me to persevere, that causes me to fight. And in the same way, we all struggle with something. We all struggle with some battle. And today I find myself living with limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And just to kind of briefly explain what that is, is, is uh, I don't, my muscles around my limbs, which are my arms, chest, my girdle, which is hips, legs, they are atrophied. They're weakening, weakening on a daily, monthly, yearly basis, and there's no cure. The treatment is to, to live comfortably, to try to stay as active and mobile as possible in doing that. So I find myself 
today, like many of you, in the middle of a battle, in the middle to persevere. And when Pastor Bill asked me to share my story, like many of you, the first thing that came through my head was, my goodness, what am I going to wear today? What am I going to wear? What's going to happen? But I am honored to share. And today I want to talk about the perspective of your purpose, the perspective of your purpose. We all have a purpose. We all have a God-given purpose. And sometimes in the middle of a fight, in the middle of a battle, we need a reminder of the perspective that God has for us because it's hard. And for me, that battle is, is, is this disability. But for you, it might be something else. But it's also good to know that we're not the only ones that struggle. There were central characters in the Bible who have the same struggles as us. And one that I like to look at is Paul. And as we start today, I want to read this verse. It'll serve as a foundation for our conversation today. And Paul, if you know the writings of Paul, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul was the artist formerly known as Saul. Saul was a devout religious individual whose life's mission was to persecute Christians, whose life's mission was to kill Christians. He was walking one day on the road to Damascus. All of a sudden, the bright light shone. He had a conversion process. We find ourselves in the same way, finding a conversion process. We have a relationship with God. Paul was given a mission by Jesus Christ to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. And Paul goes on to write much of the New Testament. And we find Paul in, the, in 2 Corinthians struggling similar to we have the same struggles where Paul finds himself following God. Paul finds himself pursuing God, but yet he struggles with, is described as a thorn in his side and weakness. So we find ourselves in 2 Corinthians and Paul writes this. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That is why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let us pray. Dear God, we love you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for today. We thank you, God, that we can learn from you. God, I pray that you give us direction. God, that you give us clarity. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for when we are weak, you are strong. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think every story needs a good starting point. And for me, that starting point is Woodsboro, Texas. So if you've been through Woodsboro, you probably stop at the Dairy Queen because that's literally all there is, a blinking light and Dairy Queen. Seriously, it's like the quintessential small town. And I was raised in an amazing family who did a great job of laying a foundation of faith for me. And you see me today, you see me sitting in this wheelchair, you see me talking about my story. It hasn't always been this way. You know, when I was growing up and when I was in high school, I was very active, played sports, played baseball or basketball, football, tennis. You see a picture of football and some of the team members didn't believe me. So I had to share that picture, a football picture. And you know, in every football picture, you got to look tough, you know. Um, but for me, that was just the, the sun shining in my eyes. Is there like, bro, like, where's, where's the photographer? Um, uh, but seriously, so I was just, again, grew up very active lifestyle. Didn't struggle with the same thing I struggle with today. One day, I was walking with my mom. We were walking up a flight of stairs at the state track meeting in Austin, Texas. And she just realized that I was struggling. I was struggling walking up stairs, something that was easy. I was struggling with, it, with just doing something that we face on a daily basis. So we began on a journey to find out what was going on. That journey led us to figure out that I was uh, diagnosed with something called hip dysplasia. Hip dysplasia is where your uh, hips, uh, sockets are underdeveloped and your hips can pop out of place. Long story short, we thought that that was a 
the cause of my weakness. So we begin to pursue options for treatment, begin to have surgery. And because of my age being in the early 20s and the uniqueness of my circumstances, there are only two doctors who would operate on me, one in Corpus Christi, Texas at Driscoll Children's Hospital and another in San Diego, California. So we begin to pursue a year-long process of surgery, which required me to stay in bed for six weeks at a time for each surgery on my hip. So I found myself in bed for six weeks with no place to turn except for God. And that's when God started to refine in me the reality that God is right by my side. And in the same way, I don't know what you face, but you need to know God is right by your side. And I find myself in my early 20s, six foot three, laying in Jiskel Children's Hospital, my feet hanging off the bed, the gown's too small. A clown comes in and is like, oh no, oh, what's the deal? You're a grown man. What are you doing at Jiskel Children's Hospital? (laughs) Sitting here, in the circumstance where God begins to test me with the fire and what I'm going through. And we all have that similar situation where you pursue God, you're trying to do the right things, but something still isn't right. Where you have a situation where you battle your flesh and your spirit. You're doing the things right in God's eyes, but yet some things aren't going right. And just like Paul said, that's when we can refine in this. So we find myself doing that. Shortly after that, got plugged in here at Church Unlimited, you know, and as we were going, I I began to get weaker uh, and things began to get more difficult. And we were trying to figure out what was going on. We thought we had this thing figured out. We had surgery, took a year of my life. We did this thing, but things just weren't working. And I would, I remember hiding my pain, hiding my weakness because I was embarrassed. I was filled with pride. Uh, At this point in time, I was in my mid twenties and I was like, man, this is where I'm supposed to be at my strength, at my, you know, the, the um, ultimate, I'm supposed to be just strong. I'm a man right here. And then all of a sudden I'm at my weakest and, or getting weaker. And then just really struggling with that, coming to God and say, God, what is going on? What's happening? What is happening in my situation? And then fast forward a little bit, met my wife here at Church Unlimited. She was serving. Any singles, by the way, any singles in the house? Raise your hand. Hey, there's your chance. Hey, everybody look around. There's your chance. Hey, come on now. Get your game face ready. Also, I want to let you know, singles, hey, if somebody you're seeking is not serving, you're looking at the wrong place because if we're not going to serve in God's house, we're not going to serve in your house. And I'm not just talking about the ladies. Guys, you need to get your butt up in church and start serving. But I met my wife and... And a year later, after we started dating, a year, year we got married. You know, we had to rush the process because she couldn't resist me. It was a quick process. So we decided to hurry it up. We decided to get it going. Let's, let's go on and do this. But at the same time, whenever, again, we were supposed to have vision for our life and God was giving us his vision. We were having a future. My health began to, d- to decrease more and we, we were trying to figure it out. And again, I couldn't really hide anymore because there was somebody I was doing life with on a daily basis who understood that I was, there was something going on. So we began to seek treatment. We began to seek op- uh, options of what's going on. We went to doctors and they said, well, your hips look fine. What's going on? At this point in time, the weakness started increasing in other areas. We went to other doctors and, and nobody could really find an answer. So we were at that point where we're like, you know what? we almost want to give up, not give up hope, but we're like, I guess this is reality. I guess this is our path. I guess this is where God has us today. Then again, a few, few steps forward, we find, you know, my parents come and see me and say, hey, let's, let's take one more chance. We have this doctor that we know. He's a military doctor. He's straightforward. Let's just take one more chance. So I remember going to the doctor and thinking to myself, here we go again. It's the same story. You know, they're going to tell me the same things and to change your diet, all this stuff. And Went, he ran the test, went back to church. A few days later, I remember being in a meeting and in that meeting, getting a phone call, answering the phone call. And then on the other line, you just hear, you hear the brevity and the, and the voice you hear. We need you to come as soon as possible. I'm like, what well, can I schedule for you? And they're like, no, you need to come. 
And so at that point in time, call my wife. We go, we find ourselves in the doctor's office. The doctor says, well, got some good news. I figured out what it was. You have a form of muscular dystrophy, pretty, pretty sure. You know, we have to run some genetic testing to figure out what it was. And on, in that moment where we've been battling for years, where we've been struggling, where we've been pursuing God, but yet we find ourselves being weak. We find ourselves with no answers. In that moment, the peace of God came over us because the same thing we were battling, the same thing that we were facing now had a definition. Now we could put a face to the enemy. Now we could begin to have a treatment for what we were facing instead of just being blind and open and knowing that we're not crazy. And in the same way, whatever you're dealing with, God has a plan and a purpose for you. There's direction and there's answers for you in God's house. And for me, found myself with that diagnosis and beginning to deal with reality. And the reality is that um, you know, the doctor said, hey, don't Google this, you're not gonna like it. And what do you do as soon as you leave the room, you Google and, f- and figure out what's going on <laughs> as a treatment. You know? um, but there's no cure. There's no cure for, for what I'm going with. And, and, and for, for me, it's, it's living an everyday life with this. And, and if I could be honest and transparent, it's difficult. Every day I face a battle. Every day, the hardest part of my day is waking up Waking up, and as I wake up, and as I get ready to get my muscles going and trying to get out of bed, I say the same three verses as I, when I first kind of gather my thoughts. Is today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Then the joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah 8.10. I can do all things through Christ. He gives me strength. So I step up. I get up out of the bed. I make my way up and do that and start making my way to take a bath, take a shower. By the time I take a shower, struggle to get dressed and struggle to get ready for the day. I'm already exhausted. Got to catch my breath and kind of rest a little bit and doing that. And that's every day. And there's just things and situations that I find myself struggling through. And if, again, for me, whether it be going back to where I had hip surgery or going back to these other situations and diagnosis, it's been, a, it's been a long process that I find myself fighting through and fighting with. And so for me, I'm almost callous, callous in a way that I'm in my fight and I'm good because God has been there for me. God is for me. I know who God is. God is by my side and God is with me. But if I can just be honest with you too, the part that really hurts me is not the fact that I have this diagnosis. It's the fact to see my wife who is is, is a rock to me that she didn't sign up for this. To see my kids who are amazing and to ask myself, am I gonna be able ever to dance with my daughter at her wedding or play sports with my kids, something I love to do? And that's my reality. And so today, I find myself in this place where I am as weak physically as I've ever been. But yet, I'm as strong as I've ever been through Christ. Because I, because of the perspective of I have of my purpose through Christ Jesus, like Paul, know that when I am weak, I am strong. Because my grace is good enough, as Jesus says. And so I just want to share with you, if you're taking notes, point one, how you look at your situation determines your perspective. 
How you look at your situation determines your perspective. I can look at my situation and I can look at my circumstance and say, you know what? I can't do these things with my kids. I can't do these things with my wife. I can't do these things with our family. Or I can say, you know what? I'm going to be committed to be a great dad, to be there in the moments with my kids, to be there in the situation. In a similar way, we all struggle with something. Your struggle might not be defined in the same way that mine is, but let's not kid ourselves. We all struggle with something. We all struggle in in some way. And it's also good to remember that we're not the only ones that struggle. Paul, just like Paul struggled, another character in the Bible that I can really relate to is Joshua. Joshua was an individual who, if you know the story of Joshua, Joshua was second in command to Moses. Joshua took, uh, took over after Moses died. He was gonna lead the nation of Israel into the promised land, into the land that God promised them. And the first instance that we see of Joshua in one of the first instances in the Bible where Joshua and Caleb were sent out as part of the 10, or part of the 12 that were gonna go spy on the promised land and bring a report back. Well, the 12 get sent out. They come back to give a report to Moses. And at that point in time, there's 10 individuals, 10 people who have experienced God's grace and God's goodness, but because of their lack of faith, choose fear. They see the land and they say, oh my goodness, it is so amazing. It is bountiful. You have all of these things. But they said, but there are giants, but we won't win. In the same situation, you know, there's that, probably that one homeboy in the back who's like, bro, we saw Thanos. He has the infinity stones. We can't win, man. Can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb find themselves choosing to believe the best in God because they saw God work in mysterious ways in Egypt or miraculous ways in Egypt and in their midst. So Joshua and Caleb are like, man, you're tripping. God's for us. We can take these guys. God is for us. It's not about us. It's about God. And Joshua has a moment of faith in that moment. Then you fast forward and you find Joshua as he's about to enter his promise, as he's about to enter his purpose, needing to be reminded, like many of us, needing to be reminded that God is with us. And then you read in Joshua verse 1, chapter 9, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, it's great to be affirmed. God was affirming Joshua saying, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid of the scourge. And that's good. And that's a great bumper sticker. You can write a song about that. And all that is great. But the part that really makes the most sense and the most impact is the next part. It says, but God is with you wherever you go. What he's telling Joshua is you're about to enter a battle. You're about to face something you've never faced before. But the reason you're going to win it, because God is with you. And in the same way, whatever you face, whatever I face, it's not about our strength. It is not about our resolve. It's not about our perspective. It's in realizing that God is right by your side. If God is for you, who can be against you? No one, there's no power that can overcome God's power. And in the same way, Joshua, who experienced all these amazing things of God, needed to be reminded. And so for us, it's great to remember, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be, to be needing to be reaffirmed and supported. If Joshua needed that, if Paul needed that, why do we think that we don't need that? So it's good to remember that God is with you. So if you're taking notes again, I just wanted to share that you need to remember that God is with you. You don't fight your battle alone. You're not in the fire alone. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to exclude yourself from what you're going through. Reach out, get help. You know, for me, for years, after receiving the diagnosis of of what I have today, I fought sitting in this wheelchair. My health was decreasing. It was getting worse. And it represented, it was a symbol of everything that I wasn't. It was a symbol of everything that I couldn't do. 
It was, for me, a symbol of fear. I was afraid to give in. I was afraid to give up. But the reality was God wasn't calling me to give in. He wasn't calling me to give up. He was calling me to let go, telling me that I don't control the things. I was looking at my situation through the lens and through the perspective of fear instead of the faith that God wanted to give me. And the same thing that I was holding back was the same thing that God wanted to use to give me freedom. I sought strength. I sought these things. And God said, if you just trust me, you can do this. So for years, there was probably a four-year period, four to five-year period where I didn't go to a movie and things I love to do, sporting events. I didn't go to sporting events because I couldn't do this. I missed out on life moments because I didn't want to, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to give in, but really it was just about letting go. In the same way, if I could be personal, I know somebody today struggles with something. You might struggle, you might not struggle with what I struggle with, but maybe you struggle in the same way and you need to let go and look at your situation through God's eyes. So maybe you walk in today and you have the weight of the world around you and the weight of the world on your shoulders and you find yourself being maybe depressed or down. You're going through a dark moment, but you don't want to let anybody know because of the stigma of society of depression. I just want to ask you to change your perspective and look how God sees you. Go seek help. Don't look at your perspective like the world looks at your perspective and saying you can't reach out. Reach out for help. Go to the doctor. You are not weak because you need medication. It is okay to go seek help. Maybe you find yourself. Yeah, let's give it up. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where you've made some string of financial decisions that find yourself in debt. Seek help. There are programs for you to seek help. Maybe you dropped out of high school and dropped out of college. You can do this. If you look at the perspective through God's eyes and you can get through what you're going through, God has something on the other side of your fear that he wants to give you in your promised land. Maybe today you need to change your perspective. If I can get really personal, maybe you're a husband or a wife and because of certain situations, you just cannot have kids naturally. Maybe you tried treatment. Maybe something's not working out for you. I want to let you know to change your perspective. Instead of seeing your situation how you see it currently, look through God's eyes and realize there is a world full of orphans who pray for mom and dad just like you. So if you look at your situation through God's eyes, you can change. Or maybe today you look at your situation and, and you find yourself being defined by a failed marriage. Instead of being divorced, call yourself single. And just realize your choices and the choices that somebody else made of, of adultery, of indiscretion, they don't define who you are. You are a child of God. God has called you to love him and to understand in, in doing that. So whenever we change our perspective, whenever we change the way we look at things, our life can change. In the same way, we're about to show a video, but here's a, the video we're going to show is, is of a, a man who's never seen color before. And once he sees things for the first time, his perspective has changed. So check out this video.
look like mud. <laughs> you know, many a times we look at our situation and we take things for granted. This man has never seen color before, and we take that for granted every single day. We take the things around us for granted every single day. We take our kids for granted, our loved ones for granted, the health that we do have for granted every single day. But when you realize and look your, at your situation and your purpose and your perspective through God's eyes, your situation has changed. So whatever you're facing today, do you see the giant like the tin saw? Or do you see like Joshua and Caleb and see that God has already given me this land. God has already given me this battle. God has already given me what I've been through. And now it's my job to to trust in who God is. How do you see God? How are you choosing your faith? What are you doing with what God's given you? If you reshape the way you look at things and you change your perspective, you can see your life in a new light. You can see your situation in a new light. So for me, if I were to choose my worship and my faith in God based on my circumstance, I would not do anything, but I choose to worship God, not because of what he hasn't done for me, but for who he is in my life, for his goodness in my life, for his strength in my life, for the blessings that he's given me, for everything that he has given me in my life. And in the same way, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice in your own life. We all are accountable for our own life. God has given us free reign of choice. God has given us all of our life and we have to make the choices that make up this thing that we call life. And if I'm with you today and I'm sitting here in strength and I pray every single day that God will heal me, but I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I can tell you today that I believe it will. But just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've heard the story of maybe Vacation Bible School where they find themselves in prison and not bowing down before King Nebuchadnezzar. And they find themselves being thrown into the fire, thrown into the furnace, thrown into their death. And King Nebuchadnezzar looks at them and says, well, what if your God doesn't come through? And they look back and you know this verse and you've heard it. And they look back and they say, we believe God's gonna rescue us. But even if he doesn't, we are not gonna bow down to you. Even if he doesn't save us, we are not gonna bow down to our problems. So no matter what God does or does do, it's up to you to worship him either way. It's up to you to choose what are you gonna believe? Are you gonna look at your situation through the perspective of fear and say, I can't do this. I can never overcome this. I can't get out of this situation. Are you gonna believe the God of the universe that says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength? The choice is yours. The choice is yours to make. So for you today, the choice is yours. So when I stand here strengthened in who I know who God is, but if I'm being real and honest, there are times where I find myself being weak. I explained earlier about my weakness and if I fall down, it literally takes men to pick me up and guys to pick me up. I can't get up by myself. And I'll find myself being at my weakest in those moments. I find myself being down and being immobilized and my muscles don't work out on the core strength to get up. And I find myself as weak and, and frail in my flesh as ever. But it is in those moments that Jesus reminded me that not only did he die for my salvation, but he died for my today. He shares in my weakness. He doesn't just share as the king of glory that he deserves all praise, but he came to die for you and me. He came and he shared in our weakness. And it's good for me to remember that even Jesus struggled just like Joshua, Jesus found himself in the middle of his purpose. He was going to the cross to die for us. He knew, like he was there at the beginning of the world. It was like him and God and the Holy Spirit. And they were like, bro, what are we gonna do? You ready to roll? Let's do this, let's go. They were right, and they were there. 
So he, saw, he had this eternal perspective, but still he found himself sweating blood because he was nervous about what was gonna happen. And he prayed and God said, you got this. Jesus said, let your will be done. So for me, it's affirming that even in my weakness, even when I struggle, Jesus shared in that weakness, Jesus shared in that struggle. Jesus shared in everything that I go through. And it's good for us to realize the perspective. Think about perspective for a moment. God, who created everything, heavens and the earth, all above everything, chose to come to earth, not as a king, not as a heavenly being, but as a baby, to come to earth, to be ridiculed, insulted, beaten, broken, died a sinner's death that we deserve. And sometimes we look at that and we look at the salvation through Jesus Christ and we find ourselves looking at the situation and almost experiencing salvation if you're a Christian, but not living daily life through the power and the grace that God gives us. Jesus died for your today, not only for your salvation and eternity. Jesus is by your side. You are to be strong and courageous. Why? Because God is with you. Because of the access to Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit, we now have that confidence. And in the same way, we can come before God with that confidence to realize his plan, point three, if you're taking notes, God's purpose and his plan is made perfect in Christ Jesus. That was his plan all along. That was his plan for you and I. That was his plan for, for his pain on the cross, for his purpose. And when you read this verse that we're going to read, you see it through a different lens. It says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then you read this verse. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Many times we view a relationship as a religion. We view what we can't do, what we shouldn't do, what you know, somebody told us not to do. God tells us here that God saved us. He gave us his son, but God said, I came to the world not to judge you, but to save you. I came to the world, not for you to be ashamed of what you're going through, for that shame is meant to be cast upon the cross because I died for your sins. I died for that. So God, in the many times of our problems, we are ashamed to reach out. But God's saying, why are you ashamed? I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you. God's saying, why are you ashamed? Why are you pride? Why, why don't you want to reach out? God's saying, I love you. I've, I've come on this earth to save you. But many times we find ourselves working in our own power. And when Jesus says, I'm here for you. And when you see Paul saying these things, now you have the perspective. Paul knows when I am weak, I am strong. Why? Because when I surrender my weakness to God, God tells me my grace is all you need. My power works best when you let go. My power works best when you are alone. My power works best when you surrender. So today, maybe you came here, maybe God brought you here just to be restored, motivated, maybe redirected for your purpose in life. And, and through my story, you can get perspective. Or maybe God brought you here to hear the story of a loving God who sent his one and only son to earth to die for you and me. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you just need a reminder who Jesus was. Maybe you got lost. Maybe your perspective of, of this life and what you're going through was clouded by cars, houses, social media, all these things. But you need a reminder that it's bigger than that. Your purpose is bigger than that. See your eyes through the lens. Maybe for you, you needed to be re reminded and you need to hear that God loves you. 
and that he sent his son for you. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna say two prayers. One, a prayer for you, for the Christian that is hurt, and that just needs a reminder to persevere, that God's got you. And the second, for those of you who do not know Jesus, and I pray that you just hear God's calling on your life. So let us pray. Dear God, we love you, Father. We just thank you for today. God, we thank you for the stories that you shared through your word. God, we thank you to remember that no matter what we do, no matter what we face, that you are with us. We look at the world and our situation, God, not through the eyes of fear, but we choose faith because faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance that we do not see, God. And we love you, God. And it is through that love and through that awareness, God, that I pray right now that your spirit and your power fall on those who are broken and hurting, fall on those who are, who are filled with failed marriages, God, or filled with circumstances, God, and they're seeing their situation through their own eyes. I pray that they see it through your eyes, Father God. I pray that you restore them, give them wind in themselves, give them strength in their bones, God. God, that they are able to remember their purpose, their God-given purpose, God, to seek you, to worship you, to tell the world about you. I pray, Father, that you refine and restore in them that strength. God, right now we pray for the individual who's gonna accept Jesus in their heart. And if that's you, I pray that you just, this is your opportunity, this is your chance. Don't let this moment pass by. Do not let this moment pass by. So here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna say a prayer and everybody's gonna repeat the same prayer. And all you have to do is say this prayer. When you accept Jesus in the heart, you are saved. That's it. That's all God is saying is just believe in me. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I need you. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again, proving that you were God. I confess my sins to you. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I put you first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.